the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. We've made it to Friday, a week that we will all remember and history will remember for the absolute uh, tragedy that took place in Kabul at the airport, American lives lost 13, also many Afghan lives. Wall Street Journal called it the massacre at the Kabul airport. Taliban may be enemies of ISIS as they compete for jihadist supremacy, but they also believe they benefit from the airport attack. The bomb didn't kill them. It killed Americans and Afghans attempting to leave the country, and the result will be fewer Afghans who will be allies of the U.S. and NATO will be able to make it out. Americans have a right to be angry over the deaths. The obligation of a president provide adequate force to execute a mission and protect the troops carrying it out. Even after the collapse of the Afghan military, Mr. Biden could have introduced enough force to retake the large Bakram Air Base, which is further from Kabul and has two runways and a larger security perimeter. Biden said Thursday his military advisors told him Bakrim didn't provide much advantage over the Kabul airfield with its single runway. But even if that's true, he could have provided more force protection for the airport and an evacuation that wasn't rushed to meet the Taliban's timetable. Well, folks, the um, they also go on to write the jihadist attack on the Kabul airport that everyone feared finally happened, killing 13 American soldiers, wounding 15, killing at least 90 Afghans, wounding dozens more. Suicide bomber responsible for the deaths. President Biden spoke to the country. Can't duck the responsibility for his failure to provide enough force to execute a safe ac- evacuation. Um, it, 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 it's just just a disgrace. Let's hear some of the sound of last night in uh, the, the press corps at the White House, as you can imagine. They were pretty rough and aggressive on the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki. I would say first, um, this is a day where U.S. service members, 12 of them, lost their lives uh, at the hands of terrorists. Uh, it's not a day for politics, and we would expect that uh, any American, whether they're elected or not, would stand with us in our commitment to going after and fighting and killing those terrorists wherever they live and to honoring the memory of service members, and that's what this day is. President Trump decided to speak out. Former President Trump spoke out. Let's play his statement. He mourns the loss of our brave and brilliant American service members in a savage and barbaric terrorist attack in Afghanistan. These noble American warriors laid down their lives in the line of duty. They sacrificed themselves for the country that they loved, racing against time to rescue their fellow citizens from harm's way. They died as American heroes and our nation will honor their memory forever. I want to express my deepest condolences to the families of those we have lost. Today, all Americans grieve alongside you. Together, we also pray that God will heal the other courageous American service members who were wounded in this heinous attack. In addition, our hearts are with the families of all the innocent civilians who died and with the many men, women, and children who were terribly injured in this act of evil. This tragedy should never have taken place. It should never have happened, and it would not have happened if I were your president. Over the past few weeks, I know that many Americans have felt profound sorrow and even pain watching the events taking place in Afghanistan, and perhaps none more so than the veterans of that 20-year war. 
Many of them answered the call proudly and without hesitation after the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. Every American who served in Afghanistan has made tremendous sacrifices for our country. On behalf of your fellow citizens, I want you to know that those sacrifices were not made in vain. We know what you did. We know how brave you were. And we thank you. We salute you. And we honor you for all time. I hope that every American will join me in continuing to pray for the safe return of all U.S. citizens and soldiers from Afghanistan in the coming days. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Folks, again, President Trump uh, weighing in on the events of yesterday. He also went on with uh, Sean Hannity last night. Let's dip into a little bit of this. Here we go. What happened, what they've done is incredible. So they walked in without a bullet being shot, without a bullet being fired. They walked in and they took over Kabul and they took over everything else. And if you look back at a timeline, we held them totally steady. But I wanted to get out, but we had to get out with dignity. We had to take our $80 billion worth of equipment. We had to do all of the things that you know we had to do. And then I would have blown up all the air bases, but I would have kept Bagram because Bagram's located right next to China, right near China and Iran, and it's in Afghanistan. So we had the whole group covered. They spent $10 billion building it, and we handed out the keys. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, I don't don't understand why. You know, he's exactly right, obviously. I don't understand why we wouldn't have kept that air base. Never mind. President Trump is is obviously 100% right strategically where it's near, and on top of that, it's it's much bigger than the, the Kabul airport. Former counterintelligence officer, Representative Gallagher, goes on Fox with uh, Jesse, um, Jesse Biden. No, with um, Jesse from The Five last night. Let's hear what he has to say. In American history. What are you hearing, if anything, from House Democrats? Well, silence so far. We actually had an opportunity to do something about this earlier this week. I'm not saying it would have avoided what will be one of the most dark and shameful days in American history, certainly Marine Corps history. I mean, 11 Marines and one sailor are dead that did not need to die, uh, but they're dead because of the incompetence of this withdrawal and the shameful manner in which we have completely surrendered. You know, to the folks, and this this, this is the, the thing is, um, I mean, there's just no way around it. President Biden... He can step forward and says the buck stops with him, but in the end, it just it just doesn't it doesn't solve anything. We'll have a lot more head, including President Biden did address the nation, uh, that and a lot more, folks. It's John DePietro. In um, again, I I want to uh, go back to the Wall Street Journal editorial. Biden said over the last two weeks he chose to withdraw from Afghanistan to avoid more casualties. Yet the 13 American deaths, 12 Marines and a Navy medic, are more American deaths in Afghanistan than in all of 2020 when thousands of troops were in the country advising Afghan forces. By one count, they are the most U.S. troops killed in a day since 2011. And the risks aren't even over yet. This was, and that was the Wall Street Journal editorial, the Kabul Airport Massacre. Jihadists killed 13 Americans, more than died in Afghanistan in all of 2020. Folks, it didn't have to happen. This this is part of the whole plan is wrong, let alone now. They have over 230 of our fighter pilot um, uh, jets, the Taliban does. We now gave them an Air Force, and they have, you know, very strategic land strips. We gave them an Air Force with over 230 military fighter jets, and now they have the airports. This was a mistake. I agree with those that have said it certainly seems like it would have made more sense to stay where we were uh, strategically, 2,500, 3,000 troops, and then us advising the Afghan army. And even though it was at a stalemate, it's much better than what we're seeing right now. All right, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. 
Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Let's hear it. This was last night, President Biden, his speech to the nation. A tough day. This evening in Kabul, as you all know, terrorists attacked that we've been talking about, worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken an attack by a group known as ISIS-K. Took the lives of American service members standing guard at the airport and wounded several others seriously. He had also wounded a number of civilians and civilians were killed as well. I've been engaged all day in constant contact with the military commanders here in Washington, the Pentagon, as well as in Afghanistan and uh, Doha. And uh, my commanders here in Washington in the field have been on this with great detail and you've had a chance to speak to some so far. The situation on the ground is still evolving. And I'm constantly being updated. These American service members who gave their lives, it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here, were heroes. Heroes who've been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. 
They're a part of an airlift, an evacuation effort unlike any scene in history, with more than 100,000 American citizens, American partners, Afghans who helped us, and others taken to safety in the last 11 days. Just the last 12 hours or so, another 7,000 have gotten out. They were part of the bravest, most capable, the most selfless military on the face of the earth. And they're part of simply what I call the backbone of America. They're the spine of America, the best the country has to offer. Jill and I, our hearts ache, like I'm sure all of you do as well. For all those Afghan families who lost loved ones, including small children, or been wounded in this vicious attack. And we're outraged as well as heartbroken. <clears throat> Being the father of an Army major who served for a year in Iraq and before that was in Kosovo as a U.S. attorney for the better part of six months in the middle of a war. When he came home after a year, in, a, in Iraq, was diagnosed, like many, many coming home, with an aggressive and lethal cancer of the brain. But we lost. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. aches for you but I know this we have a continuing obligation <clears throat> a sacred obligation to all of you families of those heroes that obligation is not temporary it lasts forever the lives we lost today were lives given in the service of liberty the service of security the service of others in the service of America, like their fellow brothers and sisters in arms who died defending our vision and our values in the struggle against terrorism, of the fall on this day, they're part of a great and noble company of American heroes. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I'll defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command. Over the past few weeks, <clears throat> I know you're, many of you are probably tired of hearing me say it. We've been made aware by our intelligence community that the ISIS-K, an arch enemy, the Taliban, people who were freed when both those prisons were opened, has been planning a complex set of attacks on the United States personnel and others. This is why, from the outset, I've repeatedly said this mission was extraordinarily dangerous and on why I've been so determined to limit the duration of this mission. As General McKenzie said, this is why our mission was designed, this is the way it was designed to operate. Operate under severe stress and attack. We've known that from the beginning. And as I've been in constant contact with our senior military leaders, and I mean constant, around the clock and our commanders on the ground and throughout the day they made it clear that we can and we must complete this mission and we will and that's what I've ordered them to do we will not be deterred by terrorists we will not let them stop our mission we will continue the evacuation I've also ordered my commanders to develop operational plans to strike ISIS-K assets leadership and facilities we will respond with force and precision at our time, at the place we choose, in the moment of our choosing. 
Here's what you need to know. These ISIS terrorists will not win. We will rescue the Americans in there. We will get our Afghan allies out. And our mission will go on. America will not be intimidated. And I have the utmost confidence in our brave service members who continue to execute this mission with courage and honor to save lives and get Americans, our partners, our Afghan allies out of Afghanistan. Every day when I talk to our commanders, I ask them what they need. What more do they need, if anything, to get the job done? As they will tell you, I granted every request. I reiterated them today on three occasions that they should take the maximum steps necessary to protect our forces on the ground in Kabul. And I also want to thank the Secretary of Defense and the military leadership of the Pentagon and all the commanders in the field. There has been complete unanimity from every commander on the objectives of this mission and the best way to achieve those objectives. Those who have served through the ages have drawn inspiration from the book of Isaiah when the Lord says, Whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. Each one of these women and men of our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice, of volunteering to go in harm's way, to risk everything, not for glory, not for profit, but to defend what we love and the people we love. And I ask that you join me now in a moment of silence for all those in uniform and out, uniform, military and civilian, who have given the last full measure of devotion. bless you all and may God protect his troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do within our capacity to do it. We just have to remain steadfast. Steadfast. We will complete our mission and we will continue after our troops are withdrawn find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. You have said leaving Afghanistan is in the national interest of the United States. After today's attack, do you believe you will authorize additional forces to respond to that attack inside Afghanistan? And are you are you prepared to add additional forces to protect those Americans who remain on the ground carrying out the evacuation operation? I've instructed the military, whatever they need, if they need additional force, I will grant it. But the military from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the Joint Chiefs, the commanders in the field have all contacted me one way or another, usually by letter, saying they subscribe to the mission as designed to get as many people out as we can within the time frame that is allotted. That is the best way they believe to get as many Americans out as possible and others. And with regard to finding, tracking down the ISIS leaders who ordered this, we have some reason to believe we know who they are, not certain, and we will find ways of our choosing without large military operations to get them, wherever they are. Um, Trevor Reuters, 
Thank you, Mr. President. Um, there's been some criticism, uh, even from people in your party, about the dependence on the Taliban to secure the perimeter of the airport. Do you, do you feel like there was a, a mistake uh, made in that regard? No, I, I don't. Look, um, I think General McKenzie handled this question very well. The fact is that we're in a situation, we're inherited in a situation, particularly since, as we all know, that the Afghan military collapsed 11 days before, in 11 days, that it is in the interest of, as McKenzie said, in the interest of the Taliban, that, in fact, ISIS-K does not metastasize beyond what it is, number one. And number two, it's in their interest that we are able to leave on time, on target. And as a consequence of that, the major things we've asked them, moving back the perimeter, giving more space between the wall, stopping vehicles from coming through, etc., searching people coming through. It is not what you'd call a tightly commanded, regimented operation like the U.S. is, the military is, but they're acting in their interest, their interest. And so, by and large, and I've asked the same question, to military on the ground, whether or not it's a useful exercise. No one trusts them. We're just counting on their self-interest to continue to generate their activities. And it's in their self-interest that we leave when we said and that we get as many people out as we can like I said, even in the midst of everything that happened today, over 7,000 people we've gotten out, over 5,000 Americans. So uh, it's not a matter of trust. It's a matter of mutual self-interest. And uh, But there is no evidence thus far that I've been given as a consequence by any of our commanders in the field that there has been collusion between the Taliban and ISIS in carrying out what happened today, both in front of the hotel and what is expected to continue for uh, beyond today. Um, Amir, Associated Press. Thank you, Mr. President. You have spoken um, again powerfully about uh, your own son and the weight of these decisions. With that in mind, and also what you've said, um, that the longer we stay, the more likelihood that there would be a major attack. How do you weigh staying even one more day considering what's happened? Because I think what America says matters. What we say we're going to do in the context in which we say we're going to do it, that we do it unless something exceptional changes. There are additional American citizens. There are additional green card holders. There are additional personnel of our allies. There are additional SIV card holders. There are additional Afghans that have helped us. And there are additional groups of individuals that have been contacted us from women's groups to NGOs and others who have expressly indicated they want to get out and have gathered in certain circumstances in groups on buses and other means that still presents the opportunity for the next several days between now and the 31st to be able to get them out and 
our military, and I believe, to the extent that we can do that knowing the threat, knowing that we may very well have another attack, the military has concluded that's what we should do. I think they're right. I think they're correct. And after that, we're going to be in a uh, circumstance where there are, will be, I believe, numerous opportunities to continue to provide access for additional persons to get out of Afghanistan, either through means that we provide and or are provided through cooperation with the Taliban. They're not good guys, the Taliban. I'm not suggesting that at all. But they have a keen interest. As many of you have been reporting, they very much would like to figure out how to keep the airport open. They don't have the capacity to do it. They very much are trying to figure out whether or not they can uh, maintain what is a portion of an economy that has become not robust, but fundamentally different than it had been. And so there's a lot of reasons why they have reached out, not just to us, but to others, as to why it would be continued in their interest to get more of the personnel we want to get out, we can locate them. Now, there's not many left that we can assess that are want to come out. There's some Americans we've identified, we've contacted the vast majority of them, not all of them, who don't want to leave because they have they're dual nationals, they have extended families, etc. And there's others who uh, are looking for the time. So that's why we continue. I'll take a few more questions, and uh, but you, sir. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, uh, you say that what America says matters. Um, what do you say to the Afghans who helped tr troops um, who may not be able to get out by August 31st? I what, say we're going to continue to try to get you out. It matters. Look, I know of no conflict as a student of history, no conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee that everyone they wanted to be extractors from that country would get out. And think about it, folks. I think it's important for, I know the American people get this in their gut. There are, I would argue, millions of Afghani citizens who are not Taliban who did not actively cooperate with us as SIVs, who have given a chance, they'd be on board a plane tomorrow. It sounds ridiculous, but the vast majority of people in communities like that want to come to America, given a choice. So getting every single person out is, can't be guaranteed by anybody because there's a determination all who wants to get out as well. At any rate, it's a process. I was really pointing to you, but you, sir. Um, thank you, Mr. President. There are reports that U.S. officials provided the Taliban with names of Americans and Afghan officials uh, to evacuate. Were you aware of that? Did that happen? And then, sir, did you personally reject a recommendation to hold or to recapture Bagram Air Force Base? Here's what I've done. On the, let's ask this, answer the last question first. On the tactical questions of how to conduct an evacuation or a war, I gather up all the major military personnel that are in Afghanistan, the commanders, as well as the Pentagon. And I ask for their best military judgment. What would be the most efficient way to accomplish the mission. They concluded, the military, that Bagram was not much value added, that it was much wiser to focus on 
Kabul. And so I followed that recommendation. With regard to, there are certain circumstances where we've gotten information, and quite frankly, sometimes from some of you, saying you know of such and such a group of people are trying to get out and are on a bus, they're moving from other people. And this is their location. And there have been occasions when our military has contacted their military counterparts in the Taliban and said this, for example, this bus is coming through with X number of people on it made up of the following group of people. We want you to let that bus or that group through. So yes, there have been occasions like that. And to the best of my knowledge, in those cases, the bulk of that has occurred, they've been let through. But I can't tell you with any certitude that there's actually been a list of names. I know there may have been, but I know of no circumstance. It doesn't mean it's not, it didn't exist that here's the names of 12 people they're coming and let them through. It could very well have happened. I'll take one more question. Wait, 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 wait. Let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press. That's you. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline. You pulled troops out. You sent troops back in. And now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you one day say these things. You know as well as I do that a former president made a deal with the Taliban he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others, but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? No, I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed, and that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it, always reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm gonna I have another meeting for real. But imagine where we'd be if I had indicated on May the first I was not going to renegotiate a evacuation date. We were gonna stay there. I'd have only one alternative, pour thousands of more troops back into Afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to why the reason we went in the first place. I have never been of the view that we should be sacrificing American lives to try to establish a democratic government in Afghanistan, a country that has never once in its entire history been a united country and is made up, I don't mean this in a derogatory, made up of different tribes who have never, ever, ever gotten
gotten along with one another. And so, as I said before, and this is the last comment I'll make, we'll have more chance to talk about this, unfortunately, beyond, because we're not out yet. If Osama bin Laden, as well as Al-Qaeda, had chosen to launch an attack when they left Saudi Arabia out of Yemen, would we have ever gone to Afghanistan? Even though the Taliban completely controlled Afghanistan at the time, would we have ever gone? I know it's not fair to ask you questions, it's rhetorical, but raise your hand if you think we should have gone and given up thousands of lives and tens of thousands of wounded. Our interest in going was to prevent Al-Qaeda from reemerging, first to get bin Laden, wipe out Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, prevent that from happening again. As I've said a hundred times, terrorism is metastasized around the world. We have greater threats coming out of other countries, a heck of a lot closer to the United States. We don't have military encampments there. We don't keep people there. We have over the horizon capability to keep them from going after us. Ladies and gentlemen, it was time to end a 20-year war. Thank you so much. Folks, again, that is the President Biden's speech, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401 401- 439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service. They provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote, 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. We're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim Dodd, uh, the uh, town of Gloucester, and I'm glad they did this, school committee, finally stepped up. We were waiting for someone to do it, and they are finally taking legal action and saying we, we are not going along with this, this mask mandate. We don't have a problem with it here. We don't think the kids should be forced to wear 
masks in school. And finally, we've been waiting for it, but someone is challenging this in that that uh, board of education that ignored the legal advice of their legal counsel and said, who cares? Let someone sue us. Well, careful what you wish for, because that's exactly what they got. Yes, this was predictable that somebody, some town, some um, administrative authority would challenge what occurred about a week ago. And as you state, it's from the um, Council on Elementary and Secondary Education. Their attorney told them, don't do this. You don't have the authority to do this. And they were like, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll deal with the lawsuit when it comes. Um, the, um, the, the Council for Elementary and Secondary Education voted to mandate that masks were required to be worn statewide in all public schools. They don't have the authority to do that. Much like the CDC doesn't have the, the authority to impose um, um, eviction moratoriums. Right. This, this council is not the appropriate entity to pass such an edict. Their legal counsel said, don't do it. So one would presume that a reviewing court would likely or presumably agree with the advice that their own lawyer gave and said, you can't do this. Now, there may be another mechanism, um, and I think it's got to come from either the executive branch or the legislature to uh, create a statewide mask mandate. It would be really for the governor to do it under his emergency powers, which are granted to him statutorily. Um, you know, no politician really wants to be the person to issue this uh, state mask mandate because you're going to make half the state happy and half the state um, furious. Um, but I would expect that as this case winds through the courts, that Gloucester will prevail and a court will throw out this edict from the um, council as being um, void. It, it's unsupportable. It's unconstitutional. They don't have the statutory power to do what they've done. Tim, what do you make of the, I think, and I think this is wise, the way I understand it, they're basically trying to implement a system, which is what a lot of parents want, is I think it's that the parents have the choice. If you feel comfortable, then you send your child to school in a mask. If you don't feel comfortable, they don't have to wear a mask. Is that that seems to be the direction of what they're trying to achieve. And if you listen to some of the other districts, for instance, Johnston, they also their school committee voted against the mask. So we, where could this end up getting decided? Then what, what, what happens after that? If if the reviewing court agrees with Gloucester that the, the council did not have the power to issue this state mandate for masks, in school, public schools, and if the governor doesn't do so through his executive emergency powers, I think what Gloucester wants to do, and I think what um, Johnston wishes to do, as you've indicated, is to leave it to the choice of the parents, either to have their uh, child be masked or not masked, or um, there are certain exemptions that are allowable or conscientious object, yeah, conscientious objector, uh, religious reasons or medical reasons to not have to wear the mask. So, if you're a person who just is uncomfortable being forced to be injected with a very new and largely um, untested, I guess it has been tested somewhat, but two of the three. Um, Vaccines are still on experimental status. Only one has now been fully approved by the FDA. And people, you know, for legitimate reasons, may not want to take the um, vaccine themselves and certainly um, maybe not want their kids to either have to take the, this um, vaccine or feel that children are at not a sufficient risk that they need to be masked up all day. I mean, these kids have all been deprived of about a year and a half of, yeah. you know, quality education. Now, what are we going to go for now? Another year where they're yeah. not going to be, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine being a student in a stuffy classroom wearing a mask all day. It seems um, 
over the top in terms of precautions that are not necessary. Tim, could this be a, a moot point if Governor McKee says, all right, forget about secondary education. I'm implementing a mandatory mask mandate on the schools. Well, yes, he could do that. But again, his uh, emergency powers typically um, expire after, I think, 90 days and they have to be renewed. So he's yep. going to have to be doing a politically distasteful act every mm. 90 days and re-upping on this mask mandate. Wow. I, I don't I mean, I don't know if he has okay. the political appetite or political will to do that if Gloucester prevails. Yeah. Um, you know, the governor originally did say, I'm going to leave it to each um, he did. T- city District. and town. Yeah, and make a local capi- decision. Yeah, then he capitulated for, he you know, whatever his reasons were. He, he flipped on it. Folks, we're going to take another quick break, a lot more. Tim Dodd, our legal expert, right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics 401 431 2300. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Calvino. Call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com, where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401 401- 785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com 